I'm your new mentor. Boom, surprise, bitch. It's done. How does it feel? No, you can't just decide. Whoa, Come she's on. your mentor? No, lower she's not. Lower Congrats, decks, man. Lower decks. Cool. Teamwork. No, Spirit. No, no, community. No, 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 lower decks. Lower <laughs> decks. No, lower decks. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I'm Johnson Lee, one of your hosts, and with me is Mike Thurlow. Mike, how are you? Hey, Johnson. How are you? Good, good. How was your day today? Uh, it was busy and hot. Yes, uh, I agree. The AC has not stopped at all. I actually do have the AC on today. So, um, yes, it's that hot here in New York City today. So, but I'm excited because we're talking about Lower Decks episode one. Yes, finally. Uh, just finally. so everyone knows, today is August 11th. So we've had a few days already to rewatch the first episode of uh, Lower Decks. Mike, how many times did you watch it? I have watched it a total of six, I think, so far. Okay, all right. That's ambitious. I watched it four times. I thought that was a lot. I thought you said four to five. I, I think you're up to five. I think five. it was like four and a half. Like, I didn't, I don't think I finished one of my viewings because I okay. got distracted by something. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, it's just enjoyable background. And we'll, I mean, we, we'll get into it. But yes. Uh, yes, we will. We both are enjoying it. And we're, we'll talk about second contact in a few minutes. So Mike, what did uh, you Star Trek this week other than Lower Decks? So I've got two things. Uh, first, I rewatched, or I'm, actually, I don't think I've actually finished it, but because it's so long and there are parts where you just want to stop forever. But uh, I'm rewatching <laughs> the motion picture. Oh my gosh! So I told you yesterday I started to rewatch it, right? Because right. it's been forever since I've yeah. seen it. I totally took a nap in the middle, and then I haven't gone back. Yeah, I need to. Yes. So yeah. we, yeah, you and I talked a little bit about the nine minute beauty shot of the new enterprise which for those of you who don't know is my favorite enterprise uh, aside from the discovery enterprise um but the my favorite version of the enterprise is from the, of the original enterprise of the original well even the a is still the same design so it's sure. still a really nice ship Fine. um so that's my favorite favorite version of enterprise aside from discovery which looks very similar and also looks amazing so, uh, yeah, so I, we talked a little bit about that nine-minute thing, and then apparently mm. you took a nap after that. Um, I mean, that wasn't the part that, okay, first of all, I had food coma because it was right after dinner, and I uh, always yeah. took a nap around, like, 8 to 9 o'clock p.m. because I usually get my second wind around 10.40, just so everyone knows. That's very specific. Yeah, yeah 10.40 is when I get my second wind, and then I work out at, like, 11.30 or midnight. That's a lot of information. But... Yeah, watching it at around 8 o'clock, I, I got very tired. And it's a little slow. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was watching it and I was thinking, man, this is like the longest voyage into V'ger ever. Um, <laughs> There's just and... a lot of, you know, and, and I've noticed this about a lot of original series plots as well as first and second season TNG. Sometimes there's just like something random. Like they like fall into a wormhole because they couldn't, 
properly engaged warp. I was like, what is that? And then that was a whole long sequence. And I was just like, this is completely right. Random. Yeah. Well, it's a new, um, you know, it's a new re- redesign. So the enter- the engines were not balanced yet. Um, and Spock, ne- Spock, needed to, yeah, Spock needed to come to the rescue. So, uh, so we have that. But then, you know, the voyage into V'ger is excessively long. And um, the one thing, I, though, that I did notice about it this time was that it really so even though it's a long time frame it does really accurately depict like there are a couple of shots where you see the enterprise and it's so tiny amongst mm-hmm. this whole big screen of stuff mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. so it really they really did a great job of creating this overwhelmingly uh the size of Veger, the scale right? the scale right. yeah, yeah the scale of Veger. so um, I think they did a nice job with that, but it is long. And so we have not, I have not finished it yet uh, because like you, I didn't go into food coma, but I did get a little distracted, but I have been watching that. Um, so that's been nice in between watching Lower Decks uh, again and again, just for, yeah. just for the heck of it, just because it's funny. Um, it is, it is. We will talk um, about that in a minute. Yeah. That's our next segment. But the only other thing that I've Star Trek yeah, this week is um, I, so today it's Tuesday, right? And uh, David Mack's new Star Trek book from, that he wrote like 10 years ago finally came out uh, for Star Trek 2009. Uh, so, um, and I'm going to look at my app really quick because the name is not easily more beautiful than death is the name of it okay. not the original name of it uh that i've heard him say i think in an interview or whatever but more beautiful than death uh by david mack just came out and so i've been i listened it spent a little time this morning listening okay. to some of that and is uh, that supposed to be uh, an adventure during their five-year mission no so this is, i mean this is one of the I, I, I'm imagining he he was tapped pretty early on after Star Trek 2009 to write this novel. So, oh. um, so it's actually set before the five year mission. It's set in between 2009 and Into Darkness, I guess. Um, okay. So, uh, so yeah. So the crew is still getting used to one another, mm-hmm. that sort of environment, but. Uh, the one thing you know, I liked. I really do like David Mack. He's he is a he's great, good. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, one piece about it that I'm not enjoy or that I'm realizing is that there's a lot of character development of a secondary character that plays a role in the story, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm a little thrown off by that. But um, but it's interesting. A character um, that you'll never hear or. Well, I mean, she plays Probably. a pretty, pretty important role, but we've never met her before. So I know mm-hmm. that he kind of has to build up the character somewhat, but it feels excessive to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, I'm still listening to it. It's still good. Um, and I've still got plenty of hours left on it. So, um, so that's what I've been Star Trekking this week, uh, besides Lower Decks. So what about you? What have you Star Trek this week? So yeah, other than Lower Decks, also a motion picture. Um, I think I'm only, I think I'm only 25 minutes in or 30 minutes in. I, I, they haven't even, they just got out of the wormhole and Spock just joined the crew. So they're not even at Beezer yet. That's, that's, that's not quite, we're not quite. Right. You're not um, I'm trying to think what else I have Star Trek this week. 
um, at least since, well, since the last time we recorded, I watched the DS9 documentary, which we talked about a little bit, finally, what we left behind. Right. Excellent. It was so good. There was a little bit, you know, I do, I did notice that it's kind of, it is a little bit all old the plays. Like there's no kind of like narrative through line, like most documentaries, there's some sort of like story arc or something like that that are following. Here it's just like anecdotes. Like there's like, um, I don't know how well you remember it, but uh, there is this whole thing where the the writers um, kind of, they're kind of brainstorming what a season, season eight, would, eight be. would be. Yeah, yeah. So there is a little bit of that peppered throughout, throughout the whole the, documentary, yeah. right. but that doesn't really tie things together that well in any sort of way. Um, so there is that. However, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was great. Um, there were some like funny moments, some awkward moments, um, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for example, like um, there there was this one moment where Terry Farrell is talking about how she left before season seven, and she gets really upset, and everyone's kind of sitting there, and I'm like, oh, it seems really awkward. Like you know, like obviously it's not good. You know, whatever happened to her, and you know. It, it became kind of like he said, she said kind of thing. But it was like there were like seven, eight other people sitting there. And you could just kind of feel that it was kind of awkward. And um, I'm, I'm not pronouncing her name correctly. I think Nicole DeBoer or something who plays Esri. Right. She's like right next to Terry Farrell. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. It's like maybe a little awkward. It's like, sorry, I got fired, but I got a job. Like, you know, like, um, so anyway, there are a few moments like that, but overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, so it's a great, it's a great yeah. uh, documentary. Uh, I think I supported it on Kickstarter uh, when it first came out. So I got an early preview of it uh, and enjoyed it. And um, but I haven't watched it since then. And then, but it uh, yeah, I do vaguely recall some awkward moments. I mean, you know, for the most part, the crew really did get the crew. I mean, the cast and crew did really get along. I think there was some, you know, it's it's pretty well known that um, Avery Brooks was a very serious actor and Mm -hmm. kind of kept the tone on the set very serious. So. Uh, you know, you see, and actually Star Trek.com just released a blooper reel for, I think, season three of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't imagine that those sorts of things exist for Deep Space Nine, just for by the very nature of the the way um, Avery kind of ran the, the sh- you know, as the as the number one on the call sheet. Right. He was, you know, responsible for setting the tone. So, um, although there are some stories, too, about, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart being really serious and, you know, as a Shakespearean actor. But right. clearly, as we've seen through the the panels and stuff, he's loosened up. And oh, yeah. Uh, and that crew is also really still very close and they still get together on Zoom pretty, you know, I would say I would say they almost do it monthly. They, they stay in pretty good touch with one another. So, um yeah, I see the occasional update on Instagram where they got together for like Marina Soros' birthday and things like that. Right, things like that. So um, yeah, so that, you know, uh, but this cast is definitely different. Also, this cast is so much more expansive, right? So big. It's like a big cast. Yeah. There's a lot of I secondary mean, characters got, that became yeah. really important. Right. So um, it's it's so. quite a big crew to kind of build that camaraderie. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've shared with you and, you know, I think I shared in... Uh, 
when we talked about Far Beyond the Stars, uh-huh. I talked a little lot about how my love of, I loved Terry Farrell. And I was really, really like Jadzia's death is a very horrible moment for me. And I, I don't, I mean, Esri did a, you know, Esri came in and I was never really a fan of Esri because I was such a ba- big Jadzia fan, so. Yeah, and she only had like a season. So it was like hard to really invest in the character. Right, yeah. I mean, she did a fine job considering what she was given right but it's just it's a little hard to kind of come in especially when everyone has gotten used to a character and now oh last season new character kind of new but not really you know yeah so So. um but i did enjoy the eighth season uh i i guess i missed the part where they said because it's not set the next year like it's set further in the future because Kira is a Vedic at this point. Um, oh, you're talking you about know. season eight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so no, it's, it's supposed to be like 20 years after. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I c- yeah. Can rem- yeah. That was something yeah. I missed at, probably at the beginning of it, and it just kept on bothering me and didn't make sense. And uh, I mean, I just... Yeah, have- it's kind of like how Picard is basically, there's the time displacement is the same in real life as in story. They did right. the same thing for season eight, quote, quote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's a good, you know, everyone should check it out. Um, yes. If you're a DS9 Please. fan, it's a must for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime or I'm TV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, what else did that. you do? Yeah. So, there's that. I'm still reading The Return by William Shatner. Uh, oh. It's going slowly. I don't have much time to read, but I'm still liking it. Um, it's a little distracting because obviously we've veered so far from that time period slash right. narrative but you know i'm keeping i'm keeping uh an open and that's mind. book two right that was the second book right so ashes of eden, eden. was the first book and right. then the return the return yeah so actually Eden happened right before he disappeared into the nexus on the enterprise b and then this one happens right after generations right yeah, so right. it picks it right after generations okay yeah got it all right so so yeah, I think that is most of it. Um, I start to rewatch original se- the original series as well. How's that I'm- going? Slow. It's slow. <laughs> it's like homework, to be totally honest. Yeah. I've only seen for I've mentioned this before, but for our listeners, I I need to get my Star Trek fan card taken away. But I haven't watched every single episode of the original series. I. Only watch. I've only seen. I would say like I've seen half of the episodes, and that was when they used to have these Star Trek marathons, like back sure. in the day. Yeah. Um. And you know how they would have like Twilight Zone marathons and Star Trek. Mar- it was like one of those things. So I've definitely seen a good handful of episodes, but for example, I've never seen the Man Trap. So I just rewatched it. I watched it rather for the first time a week ago. And I mentioned this to you. It, it's just a little bit disconcerting because, hello, it, like, how old is this episode? And the, like, the cultural context around the episode is so different. Like, you have, you know, you have women serving men food because they, I guess they have to. It's, it's just really awkward. Right. Or, uh, yeah, just random comments here and there that just seem very dated it, it, it's, it's a little bit off-putting but obviously need to watch it through a specific cultural lens 
Right. So I will watch every single TOS episode. I don't, I can't promise about the animated series, but you know, I, I will watch every TOS episode by I'm giving myself until the end of the year. To- well, that's funny that you mentioned the animated series because there are definite tones in, uh, in lower decks that is reminiscent of the animated series, the uh, opening opening music and theme. Oh, interesting. So okay. I actually, before we recorded, I went back and just watched the opening for the animated series just to see if oh. I was right. And yeah, so the music and the 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 way that the first first couple of Star Trek notes kind of come come up uh, is very reminiscent of the animated series. Well, so we've both been busy in the Star Trek world and, uh, you know, we keep on bringing it up, but I think we should dive right in and and start talking about uh, Lower Deck. So why don't we get into Spoon the Trek? And in this case, it's going to be about the episode Second Contact. Ooh, take off your pants. (gasps) Mariner. Yeah, Mike, what did you think? So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, we t- mentioned at the top of the show, I've watched it like six times already. It's just funny. It's I, I, Overall, it's just a great show. And here, here's, I was, I've been thinking a lot about this because I, I know that there's, you know, mixed reviews out in the world, but I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying it. And I think here's the perspective that I think would help a lot of people if they watched it through. So this is not Next Generation. This is like, if you were going to your first job at a company, this is what life is like. So imagine that Starfleet is your company and you are going to work at, uh, for Starfleet. This is exactly what your, your life, it's not like next generation. It's like how a first job would be. And then that's what I'm really enjoying about it is because you're, you're getting to see characters at the beginning of their career and if you watch it through their eyes, and, and especially when they interact with the, with the um, command crew. So there's been a lot of you know, discussion about the command crew and, and everything and why, why this story is sort of structured the way it is. But it's exactly like you would look at your, your boss or your boss's boss or the higher ups or the CEO. It's exactly like that. Like if you go and meet them, you're like freaking out. Mm. Um, I love the scene where Boimler comes onto the bridge and he's like, everything's muffled. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, I'm here. Why am I here? Who wants me? You know? Um, so I, I just think that a lot of it is reminiscent of if you looked at it from a, from the perspective of being, uh, you know, new on the job and granted, as uh and what i can never i i am still learning their names even though i've watched it six times i still mariner i keep on forgetting i keep on forgetting her name and i really like her because i think she's savvy she's you know obviously we learn at the end of the episode who she really is Mm -hmm. but um i just think that uh you know she's kind of like the kirk the young Kirk, the the rogue, the the one who does all the things, you know, and gets into trouble. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, there's always one of those in your office set up, kind of like someone who likes to spark trouble, um, or doesn't like to follow the rules or or things like that. So, um, but I over I like I just the characters are great. Uh, 
the this we you and I have texted about the screaming is awesome. You know? <laughs> there's so much. It's very Rick and Morty. Yeah, like Rick and Morty kind of Family Guy kind of like. There's a lot yep. of panic and yeah. screaming, which is totally me. Yeah, I would uh, totally be Boymore. Yeah, but what, like, what were your early? Yeah, you. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this. I'm I'm probably more like Mariner. You're more like Boymore. Yeah, I'm all about uh, the roles. Yep. I love rules. Uh, uh, what did you think of it? What are your kind of overall impressions of it? Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. You know, I didn't, I, I kind of went in, I, I enjoyed the trailer when it was first released, and I also enjoyed the teaser when it was released. And, you know, I, I didn't go in with super high expectations. I kind of just tried to moderate my expectations going in. But that being said, I really enjoyed it. I liked the pace a lot i definitely thought that it was considering that it's a 25 minute episode they cram so much in you get not only do you get introduced to a new crew you get like three there are three storylines there's the virus on the ship there's rutherford and his date and then there's what's going on on the planet and they just like cram so it's like incredible how much they cram in considering how much time there is and i think that that speaks to just the overall pace, even the way that people talk on the show, it's very fast paced. It's bang, 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 like in terms of the, the back and forth, the banter, it's just really quick. I do think that that's one thing, like, and I'm actually okay with this. I've heard some people complain about where there's not much room to breathe and let scenes breathe. But I do think that that is the kind of comedy that they're going for, where that is very Rick and Morty, where you're just bombarded. And I'm actually okay with that because I'm, sometimes I get a little bit ADD. Um, like, perfect example is motion picture where it's probably a little bit too deliberate and it's a little bit too slow. And I'm like, something needs to happen right now. Otherwise, my attention's going to go somewhere else. Here, like, I wasn't even tempted to look at my phone or, like, text anyone. And, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't even tempted to do that because it was going so fast. I was, and I was thoroughly entertained. So... Yeah, I personally thought it was really great. You know, I do think I would like to see a little bit more from the senior staff because I do, and I mentioned this to you, I do think that they're being presented as a little bit narcissistic right now. And obviously that is somewhat through the lens of these junior officers. But at the same time, even like Boimler's meeting with the captain and, you know, she basically wants him to spy um, a mariner, like things like that. It's a little bit weird. Um, but, so I'm hoping that there was like more development when it comes to the senior staff and we actually see that they're competent and not just bumbling fools. Uh, that being said, I do think that they do, you know, even if they don't, I'm actually okay with that because they're supposed to be a foil to these ensigns and, you know, the show is about the ensigns, not about the senior staff. So I'm actually okay with it. I do think that, and you know, it's been a few days since the episode came out. So there's already been a lot of reactions online. And I think that, you know, and this goes back to this whole like toxic fandom kind of thing that we've talked about a little bit here and there where people are just kind of hating on it because it's not the Star Trek that they know and love. Um, it is a little bit different and it's a different interpretation and obviously it has its own personality and spin and you know i've seen reactions where people are like there's no way that 
this is Star Trek because the senior staff would never act this way. And I, I did hear some people complain about short treks. And do you remember the episode of The Trouble with Edward where it was, it's like, this guy Edward is very right. awkward. Yeah. And um, I don't remember the, the name of name of the woman who played the captain, but she was also on Alita Battle Angel. Like, I don't remember her name. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't remember her. I mean, it's H. Benjamin John or H. John Benjamin who plays uh, Edward in that episode. But and then, um, but you know, there's this whole scene where, you know, he's talking to, like Edward is talking to, oh, Rosa Salazar. Sorry, Rosa Salazar plays a captain, Captain Lucero. And there's this whole scene where she's like, yeah, someone filed a complaint you know, to Starfleet about me. And he's like, who would do that? And there's basically this banter between them. And she's like, you're out, you know? And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, and she's like, yes, you are. I'm saying you're out, so you're out. I don't know if you remember the episode. I do, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But people are like, Captain Picard would never do that. That's not the proper way to give constructive feedback or give criticism to someone. I'm like, oh my God, people, it's a comedy. It's just like, you know, like just let it be what it for you know let's accept it for what it is and try to enjoy it and not every captain needs to be like captain picard you know right um, exactly so not every leader is is the same uh you know and and also we have to remember that the enterprise was a flagship it got the best of the best and i'm sure if we went into the navy in present day you know, there's a fla- there's flagships or lead ships that are the best of the best. And then there are these other ships where, you know, it's, you know, it, they run fine. It's just people have different styles. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, getting back to Captain Freeman, I think she's tough. I think she's, um, but she has a good rapport with her senior staff. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, you know, of course, they're not going to have a great rapport with the ensigns because they're not part of the senior staff. They're kind of, you know, they're ensigns. So uh, I do think uh, it's it's definitely different. But and and to some extent, you know, I mean, the first officer should have gone and gotten it checked out. Like it's stupid, you know, just stupid mm-hmm. mistakes like that. But oh, I'm like tougher than a than a bug bite that sort of thing mm-hmm. um you know because even the the other guy he, i don't even know that his name said you know you should maybe you should get that checked out and he's like no i'm fine you know yeah. so uh, you know which i can is real life like i can see that happening you know granted well obviously had very unreal life like consequences <laughs> but um but yeah i think you know this this is just, you know, it, it, I think it's all a matter of perspective. And um, I don't think that the, I, they, they're, they appear to be um, inept from an ensign's mm-hmm. standpoint, because also the fact is that, you know, Boimler did save the ship. I mean, he was covered in this. And so did Mariner, for that matter. I mean, she let him be suckled, um, and so, <laughs> you know, for so long by that spider. And uh it ended up saving the ship, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not a perfect, this is not a perfect rendition. This is of, you know, Starfleet life. I mean, gosh, how boring would that be if everything were so 
rigid and i, I mean, know as, as someone who likes rules yourself i mean there are times and places to break rules and to kind of chill out and um so i think that uh you know i think it's just a, an average ship i don't think it's you know yeah i mean it's not the best of the best they're doing second contact it is what it is uh you know maybe we'll see some more ineptitude but again um i think that going into it looking like this is supposed to be a next generation clone is not the way to to look at it at all and yeah and you know i i'm definitely in the mindset where i'm just trying trying to enjoy it for what they're trying to be and that being said i loved all the next generation callbacks you know from the font usage to the you know the intro which is more the more and we talked about this a little bit offline but the more traditional flyby with a twist um you know like like voyager except uh, we crash into things and right yeah uh, you know there's a great call out in in that intro too with the romulans being attacked by borg which kind of ties into picard right yeah i'm like is that real or is that just kind of like you know yeah so like i'm interested yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it was great even to, even though it was animated form to see the Dideradex ships. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've seen those Romulan yeah, ships. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, yeah, and then all just like random call outs in the episode. Like I got really excited when he mentioned Cetacean Ops. I'm like, are we actually going to see dolphins on the ship? That'll be really exciting. Um, Mike McMahon has said that we will not see Cetacean Ops this year. But maybe oh, that's not this two. season. Maybe in season two. Um, um, you know, look, look at the the um, L cars interface everywhere. Yeah, that was great because it's been. I feel it's been a while since we've gotten gotten that so front and center. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there, there were just a lot of like small things like that that were just good to see. Uh, Ensign Barnes, yeah. I was like, oh, she's a trill, but her hers spots were a little blotchy i was like is she a trail but she wasn't she is a trail yeah um but uh yeah no like even all the random aliens i do wish that the main cast um is a little was a little more diverse in terms of species i do like that mariner is a black woman i do like that we have an orion um as one of the main characters because you know that rarely happens like i think the only other orion starfleet officer that we've seen is in the 2009 star trek yeah kayla or something like yeah um ahura's roommate yeah yeah Um, but other than that we haven't really seen that many orions as um, starfleet officers so that's that's nice yeah but um yeah no i mean you know obviously animation allows them to do a lot more in terms of highlighting different species and being a little more you know, adventurous that way. Well, I mean, uh, behind Ensign Tiana was uh, Ben Zeit, right? Um, yes, when she was coming aboard the ship. Yeah. It's been and, a while since we've seen the Ben Zeit. Yeah, and uh, also, you know, a couple of times, and I was like, why are so many... There, there were like two or three times where you saw someone wearing a visor, Jordy's Jordy's. Oh, yeah, visor. there were at least two officers wearing visors. Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't have upgraded to, like, the eye implants. Right, that exactly. That Yeah, that was my thought, too. But I thought that was a nice callback. There were a lot of little uh, little things like that. Um, but I'm also, I'm also really excited about this crew from, uh, like, 
I hope we get to see some additional like novels or comics um, and hopefully someday I would love to see what they're doing during Picard's time frame because I can see the four of them becoming a really tight-knit crew and hopefully going on to further adventures as they grow older. That would be interesting if there was like some sort of cameo in yeah. Picard season two or something. Yeah. I mean, Mar- you know, Mariner has promised to help Boimler get his captain's chair, but I could see the four of them being the, the bridge crew, you know, so on their own ship someday. So, um, so we're really seeing the formation of a crew of a future crew, mm-hmm. um, which is really kind of fun and exciting. You kind of get to see them at the beginning and maybe eventually someday we'll get to see them in the future um, or the present of Picard or that sort of thing. So um, that was really exciting. Um, yeah. And, and I do think that to what you're saying in this goes back to personally the, what I think is the strength of the episode is that you get a gist of who each of these characters are in such a short span of time. Yes. Um, and you kind of just get, you know, a little bit, you get a little bit of the background, you get a little bit of their personalities and they become like real people very quickly. I agree. Given how much they squeeze in. And I do think that this is definitely one of the stronger uh, series pilots that we've gotten from Star Trek, where I think he's very confident in terms of, you know, the tone, what they're going for, mm-hmm. um, the pacing, they, they kind of just know what they want. Yes. And, you know, usually that takes a little bit, I feel it takes a little bit longer for, you know, these new shows to get their footing. But um, I do think that it is one of the stronger series premieres that we've gotten. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and I think it comes down to feeling attached to the crew already. Mm-hmm. Um, even even the senior staff, which are, you know, you know, you get to know the least. Uh, but I think, you know, there's definitely really good world building, really good character building here. And I'm excited to see what, I mean, obviously we got a trailer of things to come, which are some exciting uh, scenes uh, things that we haven't seen before, maybe even a callback to the Next Generation premiere episode. Oh perhaps. yeah, I was very excited about that. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, Klingons are going to show up, but it's a lot of it. You know, you see, you know, Mariner really taking charge, and I, I'm glad that she's kind of the lead in all of this, and um, she's got a lot of spunk, a lot of energy, and just. Really, you know, just I, I like her a lot. Uh, I, I like like them all. There's not, I really find it hard to find anything wrong with this premiere episode, other than it's only 25 plus minutes. I mean, you know, it's I get it. Animation's a lot of work, but gosh, I wanted more. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm excited that there's nine more episodes because they just squeeze. Like I said, they squeeze so much into this one. Yeah. Um. So. I, I I did read some um, some previews because some editors got four episodes to watch and they said oh, okay. that episodes two and four are really good. So okay. I'm excited Great. to see what that looks like. Uh, I mean, if you know if they're strong or stronger than episode one, I think we're we're gonna have a really great show and. They've already been renewed for season two, which is awesome. And hopefully we'll get to see more of them beyond that. So 
but I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a great next nine weeks where even 30 minutes of new truck that we can watch over and over. I again know is, I will, I will take it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. uh, really exciting stuff. And, and, uh, I'm excited to see more and see how we build out this part of the star Trek universe. Yeah. So how would you, uh, rate this episode out of 10? I mean, it's a, I mean, watching it nine or uh, six, six times. I mean, I, <laughs> I think I'm enjoying this pretty well. I, I, you know, I think it's a good solid 9.5 for sure. Um, I, you know, it's probably not perfect, but it's for a premiere, it's as close to perfect as I can can imagine. And I really, and I've watched it enough times and caught different things here and there. And I've, never thought once that there was a you know oh they should have done this or they shouldn't have done that like didn't think that at all i just enjoyed it thoroughly what about yeah, you? yeah no I, w- I would give it a nine uh i was kind of vacillating between an 8.5 and a nine but i think i would give it a nine because yeah like just the fact that i i never watch an episode like four or five times you know like i I just think it's so easy to watch. It's enjoyable. Um, there's a lot packed in. They do a lot with it, given the time limitations. So yeah, no, I'll give it a nine. It's great. Awesome. Great. Well, there we go. We've spilled the track on episode one of Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, Second Contact. Let us know what you all think. You can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com or... They can find us on socials, right? Yeah. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Space Ride. Pretty simple. So you guys can reach out to us, comment on our posts. Once we have posts, DM us, and we will try to respond. So why don't we move on into off topic? So, yeah, Mike, other than Star Trek, what else have you been watching, reading this week? I mean, the the only thing that I really comes to mind is the Umbrella Academy season two, which was uh, very good. Um, hoping that there's going to be a season three. Um, yeah, they haven't announced a renewal yet, but I'm pretty yeah. sure they will. Yeah, I, I think it's a strong show for, for Netflix and... Uh, uh, the this season was was really strong. A uh, lot of great issues brought up. A, a lot of confusing things. Uh, so uh, I'm re- I, we watched this season finale last night. Actually, we watched eight, nine, and ten last night. Oh wow! Did Dennis uh, like it? Yeah, Dennis liked it. Uh, you know, and somewhere in episode eight, there was a part where I won't I won't get into it for spoilers. But I was like, okay, can we just move this forward? Like there was like about. <laughs> you know, I don't know, probably not this long, but two to three minutes of just nonsense. And, okay. um, you know, and, and I was just like, come on, let's just get mainly because I wanted, you know, it was a point in the plot where it just wasn't, they weren't moving through it fast enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need to see this, you know, beating the crap out of each other for this long. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't want to give it away because I know you're still in the midst of it. But so that's pretty much all I've uh, really watched. I mean, I was away this weekend, so I didn't watch any TV, really. Um, oh, well, my nephews and niece uh, apparently love Square, uh, SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Um, yes. So I did 
catch a few of those episodes in the background and um i still do not understand it but that's okay um it is not made for for me you're not the demographic i am not the demographic yeah. but uh so that's pretty much all that yeah i didn't uh i did not watch um that i mean i'm as far as audiobooks go before the new star trek book dro- dropped i was i'm uh i'm almost finished with the magician's nephew by c.s lewis oh um, throwback yeah i mean it was a it was a daily deal for audible for 2.99 i don't think i've ever listened to or read those books in chrono in order that they were meant to be is it read um, by c.s lewis it is not no no um that's- too bad so and it's a little bit harder to follow and and i do listen to an accelerated speed um mm-hmm. to get through it but uh you know so uh but so i've been listening to that and uh prior to that i listened to this really great um audiobook doing time which is also really good about time travel so Ooh. um uh yeah so that was also uh really enjoyable and there's a uh second one coming out in uh, you know i think in october so um and i've also listened to dr afra so which is also really well done that's a star wars tie-in oh so um yeah so that's uh that's pretty much my um you're juggling a lot of audiobooks no i've listened i mean those are completed audiobooks so i kind of did dr afra i did doing time i am okay the, the magician's nephew but then star trek the new star trek book came out today so i jumped into listening to that i do need to All go right. back and finish magician's nephew but i'm not as invested as i would mm-hmm. be listening to star trek so yeah um so yeah so i'm enjoying some of those things um yeah what about you what what kind of off topic uh things other sci-fi or other things that you're reading or listening to or or watching yeah so i am also going through umbrella academy i am halfway done i'm like on episode seven halfway through seven i think um it's good i think i like the first season more because it was a little more original obviously it was novel so you know it's bright new and shiny so I liked season one. Season two is also very good. I do not enjoy some of the interpersonal drama. And I don't like certain characters. I don't like Vanya. I don't like Klaus. I I find them both very annoying characters. Um, I I do. I am with you on Vanya. Klaus has grown on me. And I think Klaus, as you move forward, forward and through and finish the the season i think i'm hoping maybe you'll feel the same way that um especially with ben and klaus like that whole mm-hmm. relationship is really um really quite interesting and i and i do like ben a lot and uh there's something pretty cool and funny a couple of cool and funny things with them coming up you know, I do like Ben as a character. He and he is intricately tied to Klaus, so there's no way to separate the two. Um, but I think Klaus, you know, like he he just has so much baggage. Like you know, and obviously I understand that he has a lot of baggage, so he's a complex character. But sometimes he just is annoying. Like, and oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I just uh, because I'm I'm very much a type to, to just be like get your get your shit together bleep you know get your shit together right and 
you know, he, he just, he's too burdened by his feelings and his baggage and obviously seeing dead people, like all those things. Right. And Vanya, I'm just kind of like, make good decisions, woman, please. And, um, you know, the world is at stake as usual, not a spoiler, because that's always, you know, what's at stake. And I'm just like, you know, suck it up, you know, like just uh, move past your feelings and do what you need to do to save the world. You know, like it's, I just don't understand like sometimes these, uh, you know, the, the, the stakes. And this, this happens a lot in, you know, some of these shows where, or movies where the world's at stake, but then somehow they make a decision because, you know, they, they base it on feelings and it's like, you know, it, it basically dooms everyone because you're selfish and you can't get past your feelings and things like, you no, know, that kind of, that kind of narrative and character decision-making just drives me crazy. So, well, and I, I'm going to venture a guess that it probably drives you crazy because we are living in the times that we live in. Uh, I think that that's exactly like you could, we could cut out exactly what you just said and just play it for someone and people would think that you're talking about right now and and this timeline in this world that we're living in. Oh yeah, no, I mean, that totally doesn't help, you know? Yeah, but I think it takes you, it takes you out of the, out of the moment. Like the whole idea behind television is escape, right? It's some form of escapism. And if you're seeing things crop up that remind you of, current situations and current life then that is it brings you out of it and you get annoyed so i can totally understand that yeah so anyway yeah i still have three and a half episodes to go so we'll see you know i'll report back next week and you know we'll see where where things take us but yeah so that's umbrella academy what else what else have you seen um, I think that's mostly it, actually. I've been playing some video games here and there, but nothing serious. I watched the Downton Abbey movie. That's not relevant to this podcast, but I enjoyed it. Hey. Did you? Okay. Yes. I've not I've not watched it. I watched uh, season one and season two of that. Oh, yeah. I'm a big yeah. Downton fan. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm like a semi, like, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Anglophile, but I do like some programming like that you know like Downton Abbey the crown you know few of those few of those things hey you watch Doctor Who like that no I I, I'm an Anglophile for sure I have been for a number for a long long time I mean so yeah I mean I I grew up watching a lot of uh, British comedies on PBS and uh so uh yeah i've never gotten to british comedy that's I've, i think that is oh uh, yeah genre no that that is uh that is a, a genre all its own but i definitely grew up not only watching doctor who but also british comedies so um but don't not be i think the, the part of the problem too is you know and this is back a ways but life kind of gets in the way like when you you watch the end of a season mm-hmm. and now it I mean, even more so when it first came out, you had to wait a year or a year and oh, a yeah. half yeah. for the next season. And by that time, you've moved on to other things and you're, you have to prioritize what you're watching. And like, if you're not like dying to know what happened to the characters, like if you're not as invested in them, um, then, you know, you don't really kind of, you don't always go back to them, you know? So, um, 
so yeah, I think that that's the real challenge. But uh, you know, I I enjoyed the first two seasons of Downton Abbey, but I never really, you know, the, there's some good characters. I mean, it's yeah, but this is not a podcast about Downton Abbey. No, so it is we not. Should, we should move we on. We are in all topic though. So we are. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we, we are, have so. to get into. I wasn't trying to start a whole conversation about that. No, but no, I think the Anglophile thing really, really yeah. ticked, ticked my box uh, because I do really like a lot of British shows, but Down Abbey. Well, Sherlock is another one that I've really enjoyed. As oh yeah, well. Sherlock's great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, anything else? So watch the Down movie. I don't even- No, so I need to watch, yeah, I need to finish. Um, my, my main priority at the moment is to finish Umbrella Academy. Right and my viewing of the motion picture yes um so those are my priorities and then the boy season two is around the corner not around the corner it's like in two or three weeks right so that's yeah. exciting yeah let's not rush we're not ready for september quite yet it's, september is gonna be here before you know it i i know but i don't want to you know that's still three weeks we still yeah. got some good time i mean and then I just, uh, oh, and actually two other shows I really want to see. Yeah. I know I haven't seen them yet, but um, I did see the trailer for Raised by Wolves, which is a new HBO Max show. Okay. Ridley Scott. It looks fantastic. I suggest you check it out. It looks okay. really, really interesting. Heavy sci-fi, like very sci-fi, oh, AI, okay. aliens influence. Great. You should definitely check it out. Raised by Wolves. And Away, which is the new Hillary Swank miniseries that's going to be premiering on Netflix. Actually, both Raised by Wolves and I Believe Away are going to be premiering September 4th, also around the corner. And Away, it's about, it's a, I think it's a limited series, eight to 10 episodes. Hillary Swank is an astronaut and uh, she and her crew are going to be the first manned mission to Mars. So it's about the drama, that follows like a two, three or mission away from their families. And yeah. All right. That's good. So uh, that should that's... also go on your, on your list. So yeah, away is going to be on Netflix. Okay. That wolves is going to be HBO. on HBO max and the boys is on Amazon prime. I think they're all coming out in the same week or two. So probably. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, and we will still have new star Trek. Yes. So I'm excited. There's a lot going on for the next couple of months. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, it'll, it will get us through to the end of the year, hopefully. With, yeah. Because uh, really, I mean, after all these shows launch, I mean, we're going to have a pretty large gap of no new shows um, just based on production, not being able to, to go. So so 2021 is looking bleak, but we'll see. We'll and see actually, I think we're, uh, I'm, and some of the other podcasts I listen to, uh, Mandalorian season two should be coming out this fall, All uh, right. October, yeah. November timeframe. So that'd be good. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't know what we're going to watch in 2021 if the world is still here in 2021, but I have no idea. We'll, we'll uh, see. So yeah, well, great. So that was a pretty good discussion of our off topic. Uh, yeah. Shall we wrap it up with a counselor? Yeah. So why don't we go into Dishing with Deanna, which is okay. when we talk a little bit about what's going on in our personal lives. I am the goddess of empathy. So Johnson, oh, yeah. uh, dating, dating life update. Uh, you had a date this past weekend. Yeah, so I had a date on Saturday and it was with this guy I was speaking to on Hinge. 
So we were talking for about a week before we met up. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it was promising when we were talking over Hinge. Obviously, you know, these these uh, apps are imperfect and these conversations that you have, you know, they're always a little bit stiff. I, I think the, the one thing that I always struggle with is maintaining the conversation and really needing, you really, really need to put in the effort to keep the conversation going um, because it's, yeah, it's, it's imperfect. Like not only have you never met each other or talked in real life, you need to communicate your personality through text, which is very difficult to capture. Um, you know, you can use like emojis or whatever, but you don't want to go overboard. Don't like scare them off, you know? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, I think that that was uh, leading up to the date. That was the hardest part. I'm like, oh, what are we talking about now? You know, there's only like so much you want to go. Like, you don't want to go too deep into very specific conversations because you want to leave room for the date. You know, you, you want to talk about, um, your background, your job, family stuff, like you, you touch on that stuff over text, but then you want to save that juicy stuff for the date, you know? So yeah, we were talking a little bit, like we, we had some things in common. He, you know, he's a gamer. Um, so we talked a little bit about that. Um, and then, yeah, we met up um, in real life. And, you know, I, I just don't think we we both immediately felt that there wasn't chemistry. You know, we actually had a two hour date. Um, we had coffee and we just chatted for a while. We actually covered a range of topics from family to what we do. We didn't spend too much time talking about work because you didn't want to, but we talked about, you know, our, a little bit about our coming out experiences, you know, what we're into, um, hobbies and things like that. I, I just don't think we really resonated um, you know, we weren't really on the same page. He was a lot, he was kind of serious. Um, and I don't know if that's his, pers his personality or, you know, what it is. Um, I tried to keep things light, but he, he just felt very serious. And I just think, yeah, we weren't really, um, we, we, we didn't really make that connection. Yeah. So it was pretty, if, you know, it, it, it felt long, but it didn't feel like I've been on worse dates where, an hour seems like five hours, so it wasn't that bad. But um, by the end, we both knew it was it was over. You know, it was one of those things. So okay, and it wasn't like a waste of time. You know, I I was in the Union Square area, Manhattan, so I got to go to Petco and get some fish for my aquarium. So there you go. Yeah, no, it was it was great. And then I met up with some friends afterwards, and we had lunch and play games. So awesome. Yeah, yeah it was good. So, yeah, um, great. But uh, yeah, so. That was my date on Saturday. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like dating in this day and age, it's, it's just, it's, it's really hard to nail down, I think. It's, it's uh, you can have all these like common interests, but then, you know, once you meet in person, it's like, you know, if it's off, it's off. And yeah. Like, all right, well, I'm stuck here for at least an hour, you know, right. make, the best, make the best of it. Yeah. You know, that's all I can do. I mean, chemistry means is is a is really important, obviously, and yeah, uh, you really can't create that through text or, um, you know, even video, really, to some extent. I, I don't, oh yeah, you know. for sure. So, um, yeah, you just gotta kind of see how your two vibes come together mm -hmm. or or don't. So, um, well, 
there there are as as our group text share there are plenty more fish in the sea <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah it sounds like you you have it was a good approach and you were hopeful but uh again you know yeah no, things you can't things you can't uh predict our our chemistry so it's always good practice it's like right you no know, Going in interviews or something like that, always good practice. Just yep. keep on doing it over and over. You know, good. so. Well, cool. What about you? Yeah, how, how are things? Uh, I mean, Dennis? things are good. Um, yeah, uh, you know, he worked this past weekend, so I, and I went away to see my family. So I hadn't mm -hmm. seen my family since Christmas, um, which is, you know, eight, eight months or so. So it was really good. You know, oh, I wow. did I did all the, yeah. uh, you know, I did a COVID test before I left, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty, pretty aware of how I'm feeling as far as health wise. So I did all the things and, you know, it was great. Um, took the Amtrak up to Massachusetts from New York and, um, yeah, it was a really good weekend time with my niece and nephews, time with my parents, time with my sister and brother-in-law. So it's just, and also I get to see, um, and spent time with, uh, had dinner with one of my oldest friends. I've known him for 16 years. And, oh, uh, great. Oh, wow. 16. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we had dinner out on, the, on his back deck and um, with his roommates. And it was, uh, it was a really good time. And it was nice to reconnect. And it just felt, you know, it just felt great to be back up there. Um, and relaxing outdoors, mm -hmm. you know, much more outdoors than than we are here in the city. Uh, a lot more green. But, I mean, you and Dennis have a backyard, so we do have a backyard, yes. Uh, yeah. But it is it is a well it, to, to describe it more effectively, it is a patio. It is not really a backyard. Um, I my my brother and my brother-in-law and sister have a backyard. Like a, and it's like a backyard, backyard. Yeah, a where there's backyard. grass, there's a swimming pool, so um, that's a real backyard. But yes, we do have a patio, so we do have some space to get outside of the apartment, which is great. Um, but it is not necessarily immersing ourselves in nature per se. Right. Although we do have, you know couple of trees and plants and things like mm -hmm. that but uh, your rose bush we have a rose bush which uh, dennis is very excited about very excited i'm posted about it yes so he's very excited about that actually i took some shots too which i did not post but um i went out after the hurricane came through or whatever it was tropical storm at that point mm -hmm. uh there was you know as the eye or as the storm first wave of the storm passed the sun came out um, all the leaves had some water on them. There were, you know, some of the flowers were, had bloomed. So took some really cool, like up close portrait shots of, of the flowers. So it was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we do have that outdoor space, which is nice, but uh, we're doing good. And um, yeah, Dennis had to work all weekend, unfortunately, and he is um, was super exhausted, but, um, but we had some time apart, but uh it's good to be home. And uh, yeah, even though I had a great time with my family, I am, I am always grateful to come back home and have yeah. my own, my own No, space. he mentioned that it felt weird um, because I saw him this past weekend when you were, you were oh, gone. Right. And he yeah. said that it felt a little weird just being alone. Yeah. You know, even though it was only for a couple of days. Yeah. He was, he's just used to you. 
yeah Aww. uh yeah that's sweet yeah and i and i mean i missed uh i missed sleeping next to him i missed uh sleeping in a bed i slept on a couch <laughs> for mm-hmm. the weekend so um which is totally fine i don't mind at all um for for a couple of nights just to see my family so yeah um but yeah it's good to be back uh although the heat is ridiculous um, yeah. yeah but i'm not going to complain about the heat because we get plenty of winter around here that's true and yeah uh, it gets so bitterly cold yeah so yeah. i'm not going to complain about the heat for too long fortunately we have ac as night as needed so that's right yep yep so yeah things are good and um yeah so it was a good good week so life is life is good Cool. And yeah. we have another new episode of Lower Decks in two days. So, hey. Right. Yeah. And then we'll be back here talking about that. And I, I want to say it's called Envoys. I have not, I really haven't looked into the episode titles too closely or, you know, I, I one of the things I do avoid, I do avoid spoilers. And, um, oh, same. You know, uh, I know they throw up some images somewhere. I've not seen them. Um, well, you watched the the season on Lower Decks. So. Yeah, so it's just that, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, we have a birthday party tomorrow night at mm-hmm. our place. Um, and I will be there. You will be there. So It is called Envoys, yes. Yes, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, and then after that party, I'll wake up and we'll have new Lower Decks to watch. Yay. So, that'll be great. And we'll be back here next week talking about Lower Decks Episode 2 Envoys. So, yeah. Think, so, very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything for me. What do, you, do you have anything else to... No, I think that's it. We will be back here very soon. And in the meantime, as Mike said earlier, we'd love to hear from you. If you guys have any comments, questions, feedback, um, you can reach us through email and through social media. Otherwise, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everyone. Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.